Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. Uh, I am Andy Barron's back in charge today. You haven't heard me in a while. I've, I've been gone for a couple weeks. Uh, but I am back. I am in the captain's chair, and I am super excited to be joined today by Bob Lung of Big Guy Fantasy Sports. Uh, you can find him on Twitter. He is at Bob underscore Lung. He's great. His product is great. He is the author of the Fantasy Football Consistency Guide, which is uh, routinely, it has been a finalist for FSWA awards. I believe it's won at least one. Um, Bob is also the organizer of the Fantasy Football Expo, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. It's going to be held later this summer, uh, very near the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. Uh, again, we're going to get to those things a bit later. But first, hey, Bob, welcome. What's going on? It's been days since I've seen you. <laughs> it's been days. Yeah, that doesn't. we don't say that too often. But yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, great hanging out with you uh, at the FSGA conference in Dallas and a lot of other super cool people. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. Can't wait to talk about some consistency and some expo and uh, your classic shirt that you have on the King's Classic itself. Uh, yeah. so thanks for thanks for repping. I appreciate that. Uh, super cool people might be might be uh, a little bit strong for the folks that show up to uh, the <laughs> FSGA conference. But yeah, they're, they're, it was fun. It was fun yeah, to you know get out and be among uh, other human beings who are were not in my tiny bubble of allowable human beings <laughs> from the last year or so. So it was great. It was a great event. It was really good to see you. Um, and again, we're going to we're going to get into the consistency guide and and sort of some of the principles that that uh, that that support it, because um, I just like this is a good time of year to do it, too. I like talking to people who have some different notions about player valuation and team building in fantasy football. Right. And you like you, you definitely have that. Um, it is not your standard issue draft guide. Um, it is not your sort of cookie cutter philosophy toward uh, fantasy football roster construction. So I think that's really interesting. Want to dive into it. One of the things that we almost always do at the top of this podcast, however, is to just run through a few bits of breaking news and there's not a whole lot of exciting stuff this week. Um, but I want to throw a few nuggets out there and you don't have to react to all of them if you don't want to, <laughs> okay. but you can just react to one or two of them. But here's a few interesting things that have, that have sort of broken over the past couple days. Um, Jameson Crowder accepted a renegotiated deal from the jets. Uh, it sure seems like he's at least going to begin his 2021 season in New York. Uh, he is almost perfectly redundant with Elijah Moore 
it's a little bit disappointing because I still think of Jamison Crowder as a very good player who like if he just I don't know if if Jamison Crowder had had ever somehow found his way to the Tom Brady Patriots. Um, he, he would have been a hundred catch receiver. Like I, I feel pretty firmly, uh, uh, I feel pretty good about that take. Um, I, I think he's good. I, I think this is a really muddled situation and they have a lot of receivers. Uh, it, it sounds like Denzel Mims perhaps is, is a little ways down the, uh, the depth chart right now. So anyway, it's a big old green mess in New York. They have a rookie quarterback. It's not great. Uh, it's not my favorite news item of the week. Also not my favorite news item of the week. Jacksonville offensive coordinator Daryl Bevel reportedly wants to develop LaVisca Chenault as, quote, a pure wide receiver. It, it makes me sick. <laughs> I thought Chenault was just a perfect candidate for that sort of uh, uh, Percy Harvin role that we'd all dreamt up for him. He's, he's really good with the ball in his hands, however it gets there. So that's a little bit of a bummer. Also, a third thing, Nick Mullins uh, has signed uh, to be a depth chart quarterback with Philadelphia. Uh, a few corners of the internet always get excited about Nick Mullins. My own personal feeling about him is that he has thrown all of the worst interceptions that I've seen in the last couple of years, and I don't need to see much more Nick Mullins on an NFL field, but I know that his per attempt numbers look really good. His efficiency numbers look really good. Um, to me, he's just a game wrecker and a drive killer, and I don't need to see a whole lot more Nick Mullins, and he is not much of a threat to Jalen Hurts. But Bob, if you disagree with that or anything else I've said, um, feel free to have a take. No, like you said, Crowder is also, yeah, he's, I mean, you know, from a consistency standpoint, last year as basically Sam's, Sam Darnold's security blanket, he was the number one receiver yeah. for the Jets. Believe it or not, he was in the top 40 receivers in both total points and top 36 in consistency last year, 58%. But like you said, here comes Elijah Moore, Denzel Mins is getting them in the mix. And of course, they added Corey Davis to really be the true number one. So yeah, um, his value is plummeting by the minute. Yeah, there's there's just there's a couple of places where I could really see, and there's just a couple of I forget if it was Mike Clay that proposed the the, the idea of like a just a straight up maybe Zach Ertz for Jamison Crowder deal, right? Mm, there's just like yeah. a couple of places where if you just throw him in that receiving core, like can we just get Jamison Crowder to like Detroit somehow? I was gonna say and, yeah, and, with Rashard Perriman and all the other people that are pretty much the same guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's places that desperately right. need, you know, sure. a third yeah. or even a second or even a number one receiver. And in the right environment, he can, you know, he can kind of be a de facto number one. We've seen it with the Jets. It's just it's just disappointing to me because not only do we have all the worries that normally come with a rookie quarterback um, who's making a jump from like, you know, BYU and kind of a funky environment, didn't play much of a schedule last year, Zach Wilson. And and now, you know, you're you're plopped into the NFL where the right. degree of difficulty gets ratcheted up. Um, but he's got some nice weapons. Crowder is going to be one of them. But there's almost like when these guys are healthy, there's there's just presumably there's no path for Jameson Crowder to see 100 targets. Well, and like you said, sometimes with these situations like in Jacksonville with Chenault, um, you sit there and go, w what are they doing? You know, I mean, we've seen this <laughs> now with Matt Nagy and, and Patricia and some of these guys in these different scenarios or Adam Gase, of course. It's like, come on, let us coach. We'll, we'll put this guy. We'll make this guy a star. Uh, and you just sit there and, well, you know, we're, that's not our job, but you sit there and go, I think we could do better sometimes. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that I got all my Chenault hype pieces out of the way, like two months ago <laughs> before it was like, before it was like really 
confirmed that they are in fact going to try to turn Travis Etienne in the into the player that I had hoped they would turn uh Chenault into. It's <laughs> it's weird. They got a lot of fun pieces. It's yeah. it's going to end up one of those offenses uh surely that is that is really fun in real life and kind of a spin the wheel headache in in fantasy where like perhaps Bryce the only last sa- year. Yeah, yeah, we're we're <laughs> yes, right. The guy I tried to trade for all preseason from you uh until that but and you held me off like I, you're you welcome. did me a, it did me a solid, yeah. <laughs> uh the Jacksonville is just going to be one of those situations perhaps where like Trevor Lawrence is literally the only safe way to invest in the offense. Yeah, right. Let's hit uh let's hit one other story um and and I'm always hesitant to to treat it as news when a when a beat reporter just speculates about something, right? Like I don't I don't like to I like to separate those things from actual pieces of uh, sort of actionable uh fantasy intelligence as it were. But um because our our producer Brett Rader is is a diehard Broncos fan, I think this is a fun one to touch on. Denver Post beat reporter Ryan O'Halloran has said on SiriusXM this week uh that he expects Rookie Javante Williams out of UNC to be the week one starter for the Broncos. Now, um, of course, it's football. It's not baseball. It doesn't really matter who's the starter, right? Like, I think we all get that. They can function in committee. Um, and, and uh, you know, Melvin Gordon can be plenty effective whether he's starting or not. Um, but uh, as Brett himself has has written to me uh he says i'm used to all this preseason broncos rb hype and we'll probably overdraft williams in at least one league this year but why do i feel like i'm living in this monte ball royce freeman groundhogs day situation yeah the broncos have definitely had some some early round uh running backs who have face planted uh over the last decade or so it has happened um williams is you know, w- one of the nice things, at least for me, about Williams is that he's just sort of sliding right into this. I would have assumed into the into the Philip Lindsay role, um, which was not a volume receiving role by any by any means last season. Um, but Lindsay was going to get enough work if he'd simply stayed healthy um, to at least be fantasy relevant in sort of a flex sort of way. He was never going to be consistent. Uh, Williams has super exciting tape. Um, I, I don't know. Let's. Uh, let, let me get your let me get your read on the Broncos running back situation, because I also just think like Melvin Gordon might be boring because he's been around for a while, but he's still pretty good. Yeah, Melvin Gordon's always been a very consistent back. Um, the only thing I could think of is maybe our beat writer has a little bit of inside information about. And I think this is still a possibility that the Broncos trade Gordon away to yeah. another team, which makes then Javante Williams the number one running back. Um, I see that happening probably more than I see Javante Williams beating out Melvin Gordon for the job. I see maybe Gordon being traded uh, to help, you know, somewhere else on the Broncos team. Uh, that's what I would see as a situation. I'd be hard pressed to believe Melvin Gordon is going to just lose his starting job to a rookie. But yeah, I that it, it's good that you bring that up because um, there are these, and we've talked about it before on the pod. There are sort of these, these shoes that are yet to drop in the NFL, I feel. And everybody feels really good right now about like the, the redraft value of say Mike Davis in Atlanta or miles Gaskin mm-hmm. in Miami. And they feel like they were draft winners and they've been off season winners and all that. But like a, a Gordon deal could still happen. Adrian Peterson is probably still going to sign somewhere. Like there, there are still some wild cards, some cards that have yet to be played that can that can mess up a handful of situations around the league. But of course, if that did happen, it would be it would be huge for Javante Williams. He's a he's a really talented player. 
The last thing that I will reiterate on this is something that I have brought up before. I think I think everybody is pretty familiar with the fact that uh, Javante Williams led all runners last year, at least according to PFF, in uh, in missed tackles forced. Um, one of the one, and he's like he's great. You, you watch mm-hmm. the Miami game; it's fantastic. Um, his full season highlights are super fun. I I always like to bring up the fact that the other people at the top of that list were also ACC running backs, right? It was ETN. It was Michael Carter. And like, you can either look at that and say, wow, that conference does a really good job of uh, developing (laughs) running backs. Or you can say perhaps the tackling in that conference (laughs) leaves something to be desired when you're facing like Duke and Syracuse and right. Like it's not a high Mm -hmm. degree of difficulty uh, uh, group of defensive matchups. And I feel like that's a little bit of it. That's what I'm thinking too. Yeah, that, that I guess would be my argument. So let's, uh, Let's let's pivot a bit to the to the consistency guide. And again, I always like talking to people who take a different approach in fantasy and who do not have like, you know, I think people know this by now. There's there's a million different, you know, pre-draft guides that you can mm-hmm. find uh, right. in in like your local drugstore or whatever or at any right. magazine rack. Um, there are there are very few that actually take a, a, a totally unique approach um, and, and that that have sort of underpinnings that are that are just different from all the other others. And. And, and that is one thing that you managed to accomplish. Like whether people agree with the principles at work right. or not, you, mm-hmm. you definitely take a different approach than, than many other people. So just talk to me about the consistency guide um, and how it differs from, from some other analysis out there. What are the principles that you rely on in roster building? Tell me about clutch games, about clutch rating, all mm-hmm. the rest. Yeah, so the idea, of course, is that, you know, inconsistency isn't new in fantasy football. I mean, uh, Tristan Cockroft's been writing about it since 1999. But Mm -hmm. I just wanted to make it very simple for people to use. I wanted it to be one number per person. So not this, well, you know, this column is, you know, consistent games and this column is expert, you know, excellent games. And there's all kinds of that stuff. And that's fine. I mean, that's that's their way of doing it. My idea was that you're going to set what I call a clutch factor and, and there's a calculation. And if you go to Big Guy Fantasy Sports site, you can see the report and you can put in your own scoring method. And you can literally see the, the factor change. So if it's PPR, a running back might be 11 points. If it's non-PPR, it might be nine and a half. Um, but that's the factor that that player has to earn over every week to earn a clutch game, more clutch games, more consistent. Your consistency is zero to 100. Uh, so there's, you, there's like a fixed number of clutch games available to the entire population of players each week, right? realistically i mean I, I guess it's possible that everybody could all be over for the week but it would be hard pressed to believe because it's getting it's yeah. it's taking that average of the low points and high points so you know um and you can also put in the number of teams in your league and it adjusts the factor that way because obviously a bigger league is going to have a lower factor to get over because there's more uh, more in the pool but let's say like i said for for argument's sake here uh ppr you know uh scenario uh 11 points for that for a weekly so running back goes over that then they've earned a clutch game and then the whole idea is that from that you could start seeing those players who you know are high in total points for the year not very consistent and vice versa because there's certainly guys like tj hawkinson last year didn't score a ton of like he wasn't super high in point wise but his consistency was 75 percent. so he was getting that uh, i think for tight ends it's about nine uh, nine, you know, nine, 10, 11, 12 points a week. So he was there for your team every week, but he wasn't busting off the 25s and the 30s and that kind of stuff. So 
And then again, on, on the other side of that is players who, you know, were super high in total points, but didn't do as good of a job in consistency. Uh, and a lot of times that's quarterbacks, a lot of tight ends, of course, that way, you know, I mean, there were certainly tight ends that were top 10 that weren't even 50% consistent. So that's what the guide is there for. You know, I always tell people, you know, I, I'm kind of like the French fries and the value meal, you know, buy the guide, <laughs> you know, go to Yahoo and get all your, all your stuff, Andy, and get all the, the Yahoo, the, the, the Big Mac, but then get the consistency guide as your fries and use both when you're comparing, when you're doing your draft prep, because then you can look at the players, kind of figure out who you like, where you want them, ADP, that kind of stuff, and then kind of take some of those people and start looking at their consistency information and go, ooh, I got this guy ninth, but man, his consistency is only 60%. The guy I have 14th is 75%. Maybe I need to move him up. So that's what I always feel like the guide is kind of that complement to, you know, to the other big players like yourselves and everybody out there. Um, I feel like that that's what, that it helps. It's a support mechanism to your draft prep, not the, the end all catch all for everybody. Um, it's more of just a, a kind of a value add per se um, to the group, but it's been very successful for me. I've used it for years, you know, and, and I get a lot of emails every year from folks. Hey, you know, Bob's first year I've used this guide. I've always struggled to make the playoffs. That consistency got me in and I won my first championship. That's the kind of stuff that just means the world to me. Yeah. So, so just so as not to skip steps here, it may not, it may not be intuitive to everyone that a, a team that has individual players who, who are able to week in and week out, um, hit a, hit a certain statistical floor, right? right? That that might be actually more valuable or that it is more valuable than say the, the high variance players who, uh, you know, they're going to have three games a year that might be, you know, those, those total Will Fuller supernova I just, games, right? I was just going to say Will Fuller, good. Are we have, we, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Miami's like collecting these guys now, right? Because yeah, right, Jalen right. Waddle might very well be that sort of player and Will Fuller is right. that sort of player who they might give you three games a year that are like mm -hmm. 160 yards, two right. touchdowns, three touchdowns. But the, their year is going to be filled with um, two catch 25 yard performances too, right? Right. Um, right? Maybe it's not like that for those guys this year, but but they're, we all know the kind of player that I'm talking about, right? right it's exactly. Robert Meacham, it's Devery Henderson. It's like it, we can go back through time and we can find some of these names. Um, right, right. Ted Ginn in certain years, right? Like right. they are just players who fit that profile. Um, and, and your argument, obviously, is that a, a player who, who achieves the same by the end of the season, uh, uh, maybe total points, but does it in a much more even way is going to be over, over the long haul of a year, uh, more valuable to you in fantasy. Right. Exactly. No, that's exactly it. And, uh, that's, you know, that's what the, the guide is there to show you. It, it shows all of the rankings from last year, you know, shows you what my thoughts are for their potential consistency for this year. Uh, but more importantly, it's the profiles that I think people really like because it's the same profile as you would get in any typical magazine, but now it's showing the consistency information uh, and more importantly, uh, things like how consistent they were for throughout the weeks the year before. So, you know, I'll, I can show, hey, the second half of last year, let's say the guy over the, the, the season was eight of 16. So he's 50 percent. But man, he was seven out of eight over the last second half of that season. That's the kind of stuff you can find and identify a breakout player that you can't really find anywhere else. People will say the stats were better. But I'm going to show, hey, they were even consistent during that time frame. It wasn't a high number of points. It was a consistent high number of points. So those are the kind of folks I usually put in my undervalued players in, in the guide to kind of highlight some of those folks that 
um, you know, people want to kind of keep an eye on going into the season. Okay, you're transitioning to to a question that I had, which is uh, which is whether week to week game to game consistency is actually like sticky, whether whether it whether it's durable year to year, or is it is it simply a function of, of volume in any given year? I think a lot of I mean, there's all kinds of factors that come into play. And I think we all know these. It's you know, what about the weapons around that person? You know, a quarterback may be great one yeah. year and lose a star wide receiver. Um, you know, the offensive line deteriorates or improves. So there's those, you know, so all those factors play into the consistency, but you'll see pretty much the same guys running back wise, wide receiver wise are usually near the top quarterbacks, pretty much the same tight ends are all over the place other than a guy named Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. <laughs> and even George Kittle is questionable because of his injuries. Right, right. Yeah. There, I mean, I, I don't need to tell listeners of this podcast that the single greatest <laughs> positional edge that you could possibly have oh. last year um, was was mm-hmm. Kelsey, like right. by a mile. And right. there's we talked about this with Scott Fish like three weeks ago. It, it's it's, you know, t- if you're in a tight end premium league, it only gets worse with Kittle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like his, yeah. If he's his not projection going number is, one. I don't know what, why you wouldn't. Yeah, he'd be yeah. like a top five wide receiver with his right. projected numbers, and instead he gets to play. Uh, t- he gets to fill your tight end spot where he's just miles better than anybody else. Um, right. One of my one of the things that I always try to do. Well, I, I I won't say that it's something that I apply to every roster that I that I draft, but it is something that I that I. It's almost like a flourish on certain rosters, right? It's like a luxury. Um, I'll use, you know, if I'm in a if I'm in a league with two flex spots, or I'm in a league with like three wide receivers, two flex spots, something like that. I I like to have that Will Fuller type. I I like to have one guy on my team, like one guy that I park in a in a starting spot who has that like Deshaun Jackson skill set, where I know I'm not going to get 13 really solid games from him. I'm probably not going to get six really solid games from him, right. but I'm going to get, but I'm going to get two that, that win the week. And if I'm in a deep enough league and, and I have enough starting roster spots, I feel like I can carry a guy like that. Mm-hmm. Again, it can't be, it can't be somebody who, when they blow up, just gives you like 88 yards and a touchdown. No, I need, I need the blow up weeks to be like 190 and two touchdowns, something like that. Right. Um, but there's a handful of those guys out there. Do you, do you just avoid that pool of players <laughs> entirely? I wouldn't say I avoid them. So my draft strategy, um, and, and this is in the guide, and, and I, ha- I create a, a one-page sheet called a tier draft list. And it's pretty much my rankings on a, from a consistency standpoint, putting consistency into play. But in the left-hand corner, because I created this for a friend of mine years ago, is literally a round-by-round round that you should draft an RB1A, you know, in the first round, mm-hmm. from picks one through six. And it literally is draft construction. And the idea is what I, what I do and what I promote is, is that uh, whatever my starting lineup is, so if it's quarterback, two running backs, two receivers, tight end, the flexes don't count at this point, just those starters. That is where I want, I'm going to build my consistency core. Those guys, I'm not going to take too many risks on. You know, that the, these guys, I want to be 70% plus. Now, the flex guys, I'm with you. Now, here's where I might get a little bit more edgy with my picks and go, hmm, like you said, maybe it's a Will Fuller, maybe it's a Marquise Brown, uh, yeah. somebody that has had some spurts of of consistency, but really not. But what, like you said, when they go big, they go big. Yeah, those kind of players I want to fill in my flex and and for my bench too, because maybe one of these guys does 
find some consistency because that's happened. Like Amari Cooper for years was not very consistent, not on my radar. Uh, mm. Last year, finally, he hits over 75% and look like looks like he's going to be kind of that consistent guy going forward and not the just boomer bust kind of guy because they've got CeeDee Lamb, they've got Gallup to kind of, you know, offset that role. So I feel like there's more trust now between Dak and Amari. So like that guy will change, it's changed for me. Now I, I, I'm in promoting him, not demoting him. So I think there's always that potential for improvement. I know like in the baseball world, Ron Chandler's thing was once you have it, you keep it, you know, whatever that skill was. And, yeah. and, and he's always been one of my idols in putting this together. And one of the things that I kind of say is, yeah, if, you have, if you've gotten consistency once, you don't lose it. But I think there's too many factors around it that that can't really happen. Uh, but once they do get it, then at least it brings to my attention that maybe this guy has potential to be a little bit better this year. More often than not, they're already pretty hyped anyway. So, you know, it's not like, uh, uh, you know, uh, Mari Cooper is going to be, you know, 40th ranked overall in any of my leagues. <laughs> right. Um, he's still going to go top 20 regardless, but he used to go top 10 and I wasn't having it because his consistency was always like 50, 60%. Talk to me about rookies generally and the positions at which they are most likely to perform at a, at a, at a highly consistent level. Right. I think like just off the top of my head, I would guess that we don't get a lot of high level consistency out of rookie quarterbacks, certainly out of rookie tight ends that that probably almost never happens. Right. Like, but, <laughs> but people are going to be super interested in Kyle Pitts this year. So like, right. where is Bob Lung on, on Kyle Pitts, who strikes me as somebody who might very well have like four absolute supernova weeks and a, mm-hmm. and a bunch of quiet weeks. And like, we, like, we know that it's, it's exceedingly rare for a rookie tight end to reach a thousand yards, no matter how they do it. They're probably not going to reach 900 yards. Like it's just, it's just extremely rare. And yet almost all of us have pits as like our, our tight end four, tight end five. Right. Um, So just talk to me a little bit about, uh, about consistency among rookies and where we should expect it and where we should not. Right. So in the guide on page nine, and this is something I've been doing now for a number of years is I write an article every year and I calculate the data called rookies versus consistency. And what I've done since 2010, so 12 years now, um, <clears throat> there have been 476 quarterbacks, one running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends drafted in the first four rounds. Of those 476, only 8.8% of them in their rookie season earned over 60% consistency rating, which is okay. Wow. Of all of them, only two tight ends have ever done it. Evan Ingram and Jordan Reed. So Kelsey, Gronk. Ertz, Kittle, none of them ever consistent in their rookie season. Does that mean Kyle Pitts is not going to do it? No, it doesn't mean that. But it's certainly a very high percentage that he may not. You were asking about which rookies' uh, positions are the highest. Running backs are at 16%, so they are double the average of the four. Uh, and after that, uh, t- uh, quarterbacks are 9%, and wide receivers are about 7 Um, but tight ends are 2.38%. So 98% of all tight ends drafted since 2010 in the first four rounds have not earned over 60% in their rookie season. That may tell you something. Where do you, just sort of uh, (laughs) skipping ahead, where where do you have Pitts ranked? I have him seventh. Seventh? Oh, wow. Yeah, and I moved him up because of Julio going. I had him like 10th or 12th, 10th or 11th, and I moved him up with, with Julio going because now... You almost need that person, you know, so now you've got, you know, Ridley and Gage, and now Pitts is basically the third option. So 
because of that scenario alone, I moved him up. But I had him, you know, again, tight ends are so bad. I mean, it's so bad yeah. in consistency. And, you know, Hurst last year wasn't doing that badly as as their tight end. I think he was around 50%. So it, it wasn't like he was terrible there. Uh, and I, he especially picked up quite a bit after Julio went down for those seven games. So, again, sheer volume alone and in that offense and the defense is terrible and running game is Mike Davis, which is okay. Right. Um, I feel like they're going to be throwing the ball a lot in that division. So, yeah, I've uh, I have him at five. Uh, yeah. Moved him there. I have not been able to put him ahead of Hawkinson. Um, yeah, because no. I just think Hawkinson has such a right. whatever you think of the Lions, mm-hmm. he's got such a. I mean, he could lead all tight ends in targets. I'm, I'm right. not going to go so far as to say that he can. You know, I don't think he's going to challenge uh, Kelsey or anything like that. Right. But in terms of total targets, could he challenge Kelsey? Yeah, I think he could because, again, it's Williams, it's Perriman. It's it's right. easily the worst wide receiver group in the league um, mm-hmm. by a lot. Like you could add a really good wide receiver to that group and it would still be the worst wide receiver crew <laughs> right. in the league, I think. So yeah. like there's just a path for Hawkinson if he plays, you know, mm-hmm. 15, 16, let alone 17 games. He's he's going to see a, a, just a stupid target total. Right. Um, and that's just going to help him a ton. And I would imagine that Hawk is going to be about as consistent as any tight end who is not Travis Kelsey this year. What I what, one more one more question on this before we pivot to sure. uh, uh, to some other stuff, uh, just without giving away. Uh, much of your much of your content for free just just give me a few examples of players um who on the on the basis of their of their consistency alone you are either well above or well below consensus on well as i mentioned you know obviously i've got this four articles in the back of the guy that are kind of the undervalued players and this is where i kind of identify those folks of you know hey here's somebody that you may not be thinking about but here's uh, and a lot of times it's not that their overall numbers were good. It's their numbers in the games that they were like the starters. So, you know, I just brought this up, but I was, I had Russell Gage in my top 36 before the Julio trade, Ooh. because last year during the season, when Julio was gone, he was 71% consistent as the second wide receiver. Um, overall, he even had some decent games in the games when Julio was playing. So, you know, I, in, at the time, of course, now I'm sure his ADP is much higher. His ADP was like wide receiver 80. So you could get him as your, you know, running or wide receiver six or seven. So I'm like, why not grab him? You know, even if, if Julio does play for the Falcons, is he going to play all 16 games? Is, can he stay healthy anymore? So those kind of guys. But there's other guys that people like Rashard Perriman, you know, again, no competition there. Should get a ton of targets. Uh, ADP's wide receiver 71. John Brown. Basically, the best guy now in Vegas, uh, you know, right. and he, yeah. you know, against Henry Ruggs. Uh, you know, John Brown was a very consistent player before Stefan Diggs came in with Buffalo. But that year before, John Brown was like 80% consistent with Josh Allen at the helm. My I actually is, almost mentioned him at the top of the show because Derek Carr has been talking him up a little bit. Right. And so, you know, who's Derek Carr going to trust more? Veteran John Brown, who's, who's been in and has done this, or a guy like, you know, Ruggs or Hunter Renfro? Um, so those, you know, a couple guys like that, but even at the white, at the running back position, Mike Davis obviously has potential, um, JK Dobbins in the 10 games where he, or in the games where he had 10 or more touches, he was 88% consistent. His overall was only 53% last year because Ingram was there, but in the games when he started becoming the leader of, of targets and and touches in the, uh, in the offense, uh, he was 88% consistent 
you know, I'm getting him in the third round sometimes as if I, especially if I go three running backs, I love that spot for him. I, I think he'll be, I think he's going to be an RB two for sure. Yeah. He's got to be one of those guys you were talking about earlier, where if you just look at the final six, seven games of the mm-hmm. 2020 season, he, he just jumps off the page. Right. Right. Yeah, well, we will. Uh, we, I mean, we'll we'll link to the to the Amazon uh, link you. to the guide mm-hmm. in the in the show notes. But what, like, where where do you want people to find it? Where should people go to find the? <laughs> no, Amazon's guide? the place, um, and mostly because everybody wants a hard copy. You can get an e ebook online at Amazon, or you can download the book off uh, the Big Guy Fantasy Sports website, and it's only nine ninety nine versus thirteen ninety nine. And I still ninety percent of the books sold are are hard copy. I get it. I, okay. I, that's the way yeah. I buy them. Um, so yeah, Amazon's the place to go. And, uh, like I said, if you, if you're a PDF person and you want the ebook, I think if you buy the hard copy, you get the ebook for free anyway on Amazon. All right, let's, let's pivot now to, I mean, I'm wearing the King's classic shirt. Like the, the King's classic is a league that you and you and, uh, Brad Evans started, uh, how many years ago? Is it three four. years ago? Is it four? Our fourth year. It's so, it's so fun. Um, for, for, in case you haven't heard me talk about it before and I talk about it every year, um, it's, it's a live draft and, and, uh, uh, salary cap draft that we do at the pro football hall of fame in Canton, Ohio, um, which is just a glorious museum. Um, and I probably should have mentioned at the, at the top of the show that Bob not only hails from Canton, Ohio, um, I believe you've lived there all your life. Is that right? Born and raised and here, you yeah. are, you are the biggest civic booster of <laughs> um of certainly of canton ohio that i have that i, I, I have ever met I and, and you're you're just a great booster uh uh in in general for the for the city i i know few people who talk up who rep their city uh as as hard as you do um but the pro football hall of fame is such a good time and if you've mm-hmm. if you've never been um it lay it, it's wonderful because it's not it's it's not like the exhibits are just static and unchanging, right? Mm-hmm. Like they, um, yep. there's new, new stuff, and right. if you're a football fan, you just got to be there. Like you got to get yourself there more than once. Um, it, it's really, really fun. It's super affordable and uh, everything that goes on outside the hall is fantastic too. It's just, it's just wonderful. You don't, you don't have to be there on like induction weekend. Um, it's, right. it's great. I too love expensive it. expensive anyway. <laughs> right, right, exactly, exactly. Because uh, people have to subsidize your driving salary. Um, right, <laughs> uh, but it, but it's wonderful. The draft weekend is wonderful. I love the leagues. Um, but also this year, like sort of on the back end of the Kings Classic, the Fantasy Football Expo, which mm-hmm. um, which you've you've thrown together and is still in its infancy. But I, I have one thing I have discovered, uh, particularly among a, a bunch of a bunch of sort of. I don't I don't even know what to call them like the the younger generation of fantasy analysts mm-hmm. out there seem super hyped about it like um I you know <laughs> I, I see a, yeah, I, yeah I see a bunch of people to, and listen we as a human population are kind of anxious to get out again mm-hmm. and, and to see one another again yeah. and if you're connected to fantasy football at all like I'm going to be there a whole bunch of people in the industry are going to be there other yahoos are going to be there it's going to be fun and it, it seems like the fantasy football expo has a lot of energy behind it so this is a really long introduction, but but <laughs> tell people what it is, um, okay. what they can expect from the expo this year, and um, where they can where they can find signups and and all the information about it. Right. So the website is thefantasyfootballexpo.com. Uh, on Twitter, it's the FF Expo because you only have so many letters. Uh, so those two places, it's a place to follow them. Obviously, all the tickets and everything you want to be a part of the expo go to thefantasyfootballexpo.com. Um, one of the things we, we did differently that we did two years ago was 
the idea was not to make this about Sunday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. for the expo. This is about the weekend. Come for the weekend. So, you know, if you've always, like Andy said, if you've always wanted to come visit the Pro Football Hall of Fame, but you just never had a reason and, you know, the wife and kids don't want to go, but man, your three buddies would be excited. Well, here's the perfect time. Go there. There's yeah. a ticket package. It's only $65. It gets you a ticket to the Hall of Fame, a ticket to the expo, ticket to the party, a t-shirt, swag bag, which has like all kinds of coupons in. All of that's for $65. Um, you'll get a discount rate link to the hotels that'll save you about $40 a day. And it's come for the weekend. Most people are staying like Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night because there's an after party after the expo. There's a big party Saturday night at the hotel. Uh, if you go to draftnightout.com, those guys are doing drafts during the King's Classic on Saturday for everybody else who wants to be a part of it. And there's prizes and they're like raffling off like Russell Wilson uh, signed uh, helmets. Um, I think they've got a Kyler Murray one, a I think Calvin Ridley jersey. So all kinds of cool stuff. So nonstop event um, starting from Friday night. And we'll be, you know, um, get to prepare your liver. It's going to be ugly. <laughs> it's it's going to be a lot of drinking. Especially white claws. Everybody loves these white claws. It's not. I'm okay with them, but man, if uh, if Canton doesn't like triple their stock of white claws for the week, we're going to be in big trouble. Yeah, no, I've come around on them. Um, the the <laughs> night out attached to the Kings Classic has always been really fun. Like sort yeah, of the, right, the, right. the the post game from the Kings Classic has always been really fun. And I I feel like even pre Fantasy Expo we really started to get a lot of people coming out, a lot of other um, industry analysts, mm -hmm. you know, people, people just wanting to sort of mingle, hang out, network, right. whatever. It's really become a, a, a very, very fun event. And I am impressed that you can do it at, at such an affordable cost. So it's, it's a fun event. I don't know. I'm going to be yeah. there. I think Pianowski is going to be there. It's, awesome. um, it's going to be going to be a great crowd. So um, yeah. really well, looking forward for to promoting it. it and looking forward to you guys coming out and be a part of it. Um, you know, and, and, you know, I have to kind of toot your horn, if I may, sir. You know, everybody ever since that two years ago was talking about you know, how awesome it was to hang out with the cool people, the Andy Barons, the Brad Evans, the Mike Clay, <laughs> Marcus Grant, you know, because they're like, these are the people, you know, these are the folks like yourself. And I know, I know you don't want to hear this, but we all idolize you guys. You're the guys we want to be. We, you know, we look up to you. And so for you folks to be down to earth and normal and and talk to us and listen to us and, and about our dreams and, and help support us. That, that means so much, not only to me, but all those people who came into town two years ago. And I'm sure the same thing will happen this year as well. So thank you for the support. I think it, it really means a lot when you guys get, all get behind us because that makes it a big deal. Yeah, you would think that a fantasy analyst of the stature of, say, Brad Evans or uh, Pat Doherty would, would travel with security surrounding them, that they would, they would Doherty, just sort of helicopter in. <laughs> yeah, that they would just be airlifted in um, an almost impenetrable wall of uh, of security surrounding them. But no, they're actually quite approachable. Um, <laughs> yes, they are. It's, 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 cool. re it's really yeah. fun. It's it's yeah, a really, it's really fun event. And it's where I've, you know, it, it, a lot of the Twitter friendships that I formed in the fantasy mm -hmm. industry over the past few years. Right. Like I've been able to put faces to that at the at the King's Classic. And I, I hope for more of that at the at the expo. Definitely. It should be really, really fun. Yeah, the last thing that I have to ask you about mm -hmm. is um Man, your the stories you were telling uh, at at FSGA, mm -hmm. um, wow, were they fun? So uh, I mentioned earlier that Bob has been, uh, uh, you know, a, a huge Canton booster his mm -hmm. entire life. Lives yeah. there for like three decades. Bob has been a volunteer driver 
um, over induction weekend at the Pro mm -hmm. Football Hall of Fame, right? Which means right. that either either new inductees or uh, current Hall of Famers who are coming in for the weekend, you're one of the people that uh, that drives them around. Mm -hmm. And you just had some fantastic stories, 90% of which I, I probably shouldn't share. Yeah, right. we, 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 we shouldn't we get into because I want to keep get, driving. <laughs> yes, because you, you want to keep the gig, and right. um, uh, nobody, right? Nobody, nobody right. needs to hear it. This is a this is an all ages uh, podcast, of course. Um, but but maybe, maybe maybe you've got one that is friendly to all audiences. I particularly enjoyed your Al Davis story. Um, it really humanized Al Davis which, for me. Which I one? The first the first time I met him with the t shirt or the with the polo shirt or the big one when I was literally driving him all weekend. Um, when you when you found his college roommate. I, I thought that was uh, okay. spectacular. All right, cool. All right, so I'm obviously a Browns fan because I live in Northeast Ohio, but I've always been a Raiders fan since I was a kid because, well, the Browns sucked and I needed to root for a team that could beat the Steelers and the 70s Raiders were about the only team that could. As, uh, a, so, as a Bears fan from the 70s, I know what it means to need a backup team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I've always been a Raiders fan. So obviously I idolize, you know, Al Davis and John Madden and, and Fred Bolitnikoff was my favorite player. So anyway, long story short, Al Davis was presenting John Madden uh, for induction. And so um, we have kind of a, a fantasy draft for who we want to drive each year. And, you know, I put my hand up and said, I want Al Davis. And everybody laughed like, oh, you can have him, you know. <laughs> And the funny thing was, is I already met Al once when he was actually inducted in 1993 and he was super nice. And so I won't get into that story, but why I felt like Al is different than you people think. And this is kind of one of my favorite stories to tell because it gives you a different impression of Al. Uh, first off, I'm not going to lie. Al was very eccentric. So when I showed up at the airport to drive him, wait for him to get off the private plane, of course, four police officers came walking in and said, are you Mr. Davis's driver? I said, yes, I am. And he said, they said, okay, good. We're your police escort for the whole weekend. <laughs> now, most of the time there are police escorts when they're going from one event to the other so that traffic doesn't hold them up because Canton's not that big. This is for the whole weekend. Wherever we go, we have to have a police escort. So I didn't stop at a stoplight for four days, which was cool. Um, so that's the first thing that happened. I was like, okay. So then here comes the people off the plane couple of guys come down with Raider shirts on. They're like, you know, are you going to be Mr. Davis's driver? Yes, I am. He said, first off, do you have a black Lincoln town car? Yes, sir, I do. Because that's the only thing he'll ride in. Uh, they're like, okay, cool. <laughs> they said, all right, second thing, uh, here's how this is going to work. You do not speak to Mr. Davis until he has spoken to you. Got it? So Mr. Davis, Al gets in the car, sits right beside me up front. We're driving down the, driving down the highway. And he sees a sign for Alliance, Ohio. Nobody knows where Alliance, Ohio is unless you, one, follow Mountain Union football and know that they've won like every championship <laughs> at D3 forever. Or two, you knew somebody that lived there. And so then Al Davis turns to me and looks at me and says, um, hey, Bob, how close is Alliance? And I said, I don't know, 20, about 20 miles away. He said, you know, my old college roommate, I think lives in Alliance. Uh, he said, boy, it'd be, be great if he still did. I'd love to you know, meet up with him. I said, well, when we get to the hotel, I'll, I'll look him up and I'll see if he, I can find it. That's the guy that, you know, he lives there. He goes, you would do that for me? <laughs> 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 what? Yes, of course I would. 
I love, by the way, that Al Davis gets the treatment of like of like a billionaire, right? Yeah. Like Al, Al Davis made his wealth and everything about him was was a function of the Raiders and his right. life in football, right? It's not, mm-hmm. He wasn't like the chairman of Ford Motor Company or something right. like that, exactly. who, who incidentally owned a football team. Like, right. Uh, anyway, he gets this yeah. sort of Steve Ballmer treatment and he's uh, he's yeah. just one of the, the well, AFL paid, originals. Well, here's the thing, though. He paid for it himself. That was the thing. Yeah. It wasn't like the Hall of Fame did this for him. Nobody gets that special treatment from the hall. Everybody's treated with just a regular driver. Um, he paid for the police escort. He paid for all the extras, which is fine because that's how Al rolled. So anyway, so I get back to the hotel, we drop everybody off. And so, you know, I use this thing called the internet and I look up this guy's name and put a line to Ohio <laughs> and boom, here pops up this phone number for this, you know, whatever, John Smith. So I called, cell phone. Um, hi, I said, you don't know me, but... Um, are, were you Al Davis's roommate uh, at John Carroll University? He said, yes, I was. He goes, is Al in town? And I said, yeah, actually, he's in for in, uh, enshrinement weekend. Um, he said he'd love to get together with you. Can I pass along your name and number, your number back to him so that he could call? Oh, that would be fantastic. Thank you so much. I would really appreciate that. Great. Piece of cake. Literally took me, what, 30 seconds. Walk upstairs, knock on the door. Uh, door opens. And Al turns around, looks at me. And I said, um, Here's the phone number for John Smith. He said he'd love to meet with you. And he's really excited that you're in town. Al Davis literally came up, gave me a hug, and thanked me <laughs> for, for going out of my way to do this for him. And from that point on, I was his best friend for the weekend. Like, couldn't stop patting me on the back, trying to give me money. I'm like, I'm not taking your money, Mr. Davis. He's like, oh, no, you, you know, you've done so much for me. And anyway, long story short, the end of the week, and he, again, keeps trying to hand me something. I said, no, I'm not taking anything. So finally, he's like, look, I, I, I have to do something for you. You did something for me. This means a lot to me. I said, look, I'm a Raiders fan. You send me anything with a Raiders logo on it, I'm giddy. So he looks at his assistant, says, take Bob's address. Two weeks later, I got a box, literally was two feet tall by two feet wide, jam-packed. It had kids stuff for my three daughters. They had Raiders book bags, Raiders jerseys, hats, coats, uh, you name it with a Raiders signia on it. You know, um, his 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 wife sent because she knew it was my mom's birthday, sent this Raiders candy dish. Like, I think it was crystal, crystal (laughs) candy dish with the Raiders insignia embossed in the top of it. I don't know what it would cost, but it wasn't cheap. I guarantee it. She said, here, give this to your mom for her birthday. Tell her thanks for letting her son help be a part of our special week or something. Just like they were the nicest people, the most generous people, maybe of all the ones I've ever driven. Uh, and so a lot of people don't didn't see that. And now I'm sure because, again, I as you know, as the guy, as I know, Fantasy Alarm and those guys do the circle of trust. I was in it for that weekend. And so therefore, I was, you know, privileged to the Al Davis world, I guess, at that point. But Oh that's yeah, we, like we were stories. trying to get dirt from you on Hall of Famers uh, uh, when we were at FSGA, and I, uh-huh. I think I asked about Al Davis because I was like, "Oh, this must be a tawdry yeah. story or something." It was fantastic. Like yeah. I, lo- I love that there's just a heartwarming story about mm-hmm. the about the eternal kindness of Al Davis. That is, yeah, uh, no, that is not what I had expected. Yeah, right. Well, that's I, it's super good to hear. It's good to talk to you again. It's always yeah, good to too. talk to you. Um, beyond the consistency guide and beyond the Fantasy Football Expo, which again people can find at thefantasyfootballexpo.com. Um, what what else you got going on? What else should we be promoting? 
Um, you know, just those those are the big ones. I mean, right now, that's, uh, you know, obviously it's that time of year. You're getting ready for your draft prep. So grab a guide, uh, you know, to add to all of Yahoo stats and, and they're, they're cool stuff and great stuff. And again, French fries, get the consistency guide, sit inside <laughs> that Big Mac with Yahoo stuff and you're good to go. And we love to see as many people as we can at the expo. I mean, I don't know if we can sell it out. My wife's like, are you sure if we get over 300 in that ballroom, we'll worry about it later. Let's get 600 in it. So everybody come on out, join Andy and I and all the, all of everybody who's anybody is coming to the fantasy football expo weekend, Kings classic tour, the hall, get into the, go to draft night out, uh, sign up for one of their leagues. It's down the street at Canton brewing company, giving away all kinds of cool prizes. Uh, fantasy affair guys are doing the party on Saturday night. Fantasy Go is helping out. Uh, of course, it's all sponsored by um, FTF, uh, Full-Time Fantasy, Scott Atkins and the guys. So there's all kinds of great stuff. Don't don't miss on this. Uh, there's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I can't wait. It should be a blast. Um, thanks again, Bob. Thanks a million for doing Thank this you. again. You can find him on Twitter at Bob underscore Lung. Uh, folks, if you are looking for a little college talk podcast, you should follow the Yahoo Sports College podcast with Dan Wetz, Pete Thamel, and our friend Pat Forty from SI. You should also be listening to Post It Up with Chris Haynes for more in-depth conversations from the world of the NBA. I, again, I'm, I'm merely at Andy Barron's. You guys know that. Um, Liz will be hosting the pod later in the week, so please check that out. Check us all out on Fantasy or on Twitter at Yahoo Fantasy. That is it. Huge thanks to Brett Rader, our producer as always. Um, that's it. We are out. Yeah.